Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do, but not the wicked. They are like the worthless chaff scattered around by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever and whenever you are listening, welcome to the Backroads Preacher podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Randy Barker. A preacher ordained with the Churches of Christ in Christian Union and trained from the Wesleyan Armenian perspective. And I am thrilled to be embarking on this journey with all of you. As a preacher, a lover of back road adventures, and a student of the Christian faith, I aim to explore life's profound mysteries through the lens of biblical truth. So hop in, fasten your seat belts, and let's hit the back roads together as we dive into our first episode. In this first segment of our podcast, we will be diving into the fascinating story of Enoch. Many people are familiar with the stories of biblical figures such as Noah, Abraham, and Moses. But Enoch often gets overlooked. However, his story holds great significance and lessons for us today. Enoch, mentioned in the book of Genesis, is an intriguing character. We are told that he lived for 365 years and that he walked with God. This phrase holds profound meaning. It signifies a deep spiritual connection and an intimate relationship with the Lord. Throughout the Bible, walking with God implies a life of faith, obedience, and righteousness. Enoch's faith and devotion to God were so profound that he pleased God and was taken from this earth without experiencing death. He experienced an extraordinary destiny being taken directly into the presence of God. Enoch's life offers us several valuable lessons. Firstly, it teaches us the importance of walking with God in our own lives. Just as Enoch walked with God in faith and obedience, we too can cultivate a close relationship with the Lord by aligning our lives with His will. By seeking His guidance and surrendering our lives to His plan, we can experience a deep intimacy with Him. Secondly, Enoch's story reminds us that we have a purpose, a destiny that goes beyond this earthly existence. 
While death is a part of our human experience, God has a greater plan for us. Enoch's example shows us that through faith and a life of righteousness, we can have hope for an eternal future with God. Lastly, Enoch's life challenges us to examine our own faith and walk with God. Are we truly committed to serving and pleasing God in our everyday lives? Are we willing to sacrifice our own desires and live in obedience to his commands? Enoch's story beckons us to evaluate our own spiritual journey and make any necessary adjustments. As we reflect on the life of Enoch, let us aspire to walk with God just as he did. May we seek a deep and genuine relationship with the Lord, aligning our lives with his will and purpose. May we embrace the hope of a destiny beyond this earthly existence. And may we continually strive to live a life of faith, obedience, and righteousness. Thank you for joining me today in this first segment. Stay tuned for more insightful discussions on biblical figures and their significance for our lives today. In our next segment, we will be discussing the unconditional love of God. But first, let's take a moment to read our New Testament passage. This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Christ Jesus. I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night, I bring you and your needs in prayer to God, whom I serve with all of my heart by spreading the good news about his son. One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come to you at last. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you go strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to, to be encouraged by yours. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to visit you, but I was prevented until now. I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit, just as I have seen among other Gentiles, 
for I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and to the uneducated alike. So I am eager to come to you in Rome to preach the good news, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they begin to think up foolish ideals of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful thing their hearts desired. And as a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand. They break their promises. They are heartless and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them. That was Romans chapter 1. Welcome back, listeners. Today, in this next segment, we are going to be discussing the unconditional love of God. God's love is an incomprehensible force that defies our human understanding. It's a love that extends far beyond our mistakes 
flaws and shortcomings. Today, I want to explore this concept through the scriptures and share how this unconditional love can transform our lives. Let's begin by understanding that the foundation of God's love for humanity lies in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul beautifully captures this truth in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, which reminds us, but God proves His love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This verse emphasizes the central message of the gospel, that God's love surpasses all earthly boundaries. It's a love that doesn't depend on our worthiness or perfection, but rather on His grace and mercy. Isn't that a humbling thought? We often find ourselves striving for acceptance and approval in various aspects of our lives, whether it be in our relationships, our careers, or even within the church. But the unconditional love of God liberates us from this exhausting pursuit. It tells us that we are loved just as we are, our flaws and all. Now some might question this notion, believing that God's love is conditional upon our obedience and righteous actions. And while it is true that our behavior matters, it does not alter the unchanging nature of God's love for us. When we accept Christ's sacrifice and surrender our lives to Him, our relationship with God becomes one of grace and forgiveness. This truth can be found in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, where it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not of works so that no one may boast. It's important to note that God's unconditional love doesn't give us a free pass to live as we please. Rather, it compels us to respond with gratitude, love, and obedience. As the Apostle John writes in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, he says, We love because He first loved us. Knowing and experiencing this love should ignite within us a desire to share it with others. It should compel us to extend the same grace, forgiveness, and acceptance to our fellow human beings, just as God has shown us. However, let's also acknowledge that grasping depth of God's love, that it is an ongoing journey. It's something we continually seek to understand and embrace fully. Even the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Ephesians prays for them saying, I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. As we navigate life's back roads, it's crucial to remind ourselves that God's unconditional love is always available to us. 
It's a love that brings healing, restoration, and a renewed sense of purpose. Let us embrace it and allow it to transform us from the inside out. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of our show here today. I hope and I pray that you found comfort, inspiration, and a deeper understanding of God's unconditional love. Remember, in the midst of life's twists and turns, you can always rely on his unwavering love and grace. Until next time, God bless.